0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, April 9th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Let China pay for farm assistance. It's not a trade war. Yet. White House convenes RFS meeting. Let China pay for U.S. farm assistance. The USDA is still working on emergency aid programs to counteract the damage of Chinese tariffs on farmers and ranchers. But sources tell AgriPulse that the question of how to pay for the aid has been answered. Let China pick up the tab. A relatively obscure law known as Section 32 allows the USDA to take money from customs duties and use it for a wide variety of things like disaster payments and purchasing surplus commodities and donating them to schools or other institutions. Now that the Trump administration is levying new tariffs on steel and aluminum and planning to impose up to $150 billion more on China as punishment for intellectual property theft, those government coffers could begin to grow. For years, there has been a restriction on USDA from using Section 32 funds for emergency aid as well as a hard cap on how much of those funds can be used. That ended when Congress passed the omnibus spending bill for fiscal 2018. The restrictions were removed on Section 32 so long as the USDA secretary provides written notification of the expenditures to the committees on appropriations of both houses of Congress at least two weeks in advance. Bob Young, president of Agricultural Prospects and former chief economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation, said, Right now, that's probably the best source they could come up with. That's not the only source of funds the USDA can draw on. It can also go to the Commodity Credit Corporation, an institution used by the department to borrow money from the Treasury Department, allowing USDA to support the prices of agriculture commodities through loans, purchases, payments, and other operations. Young stressed that the ease of getting funds from CCC would depend heavily on the relationship between USDA and the White House Office of Management and Budget. Perhaps that's why USDA Chief Sonny Perdue stressed last week that President Donald Trump solidly supports his efforts to insulate farmers from Chinese tariffs. It's not a trade war yet. First, the U.S. threatened $50 billion in tariffs on China. Then, China threatened $50 billion in tariffs on the U.S. And then, President Donald Trump threatened another $100 billion in tariffs to retaliate against the retaliation. But it's still not a trade war yet, and there's still time to disarm and step back, says both U.S. and Chinese officials. U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin on Friday on CNBC said... No, it's not a trade war, and our objective is still not to be in a trade war with them. But let me be perfectly clear. President Trump has been from day one very clear on we are going to defend free and fair trade. We've been working with them over the last year, and on one hand, we're willing to continue negotiations. On the other hand, the president is absolutely prepared to defend our interests. Meanwhile, White House trade advisor Peter Navarro said yesterday on NBC's Meet the Press, We're proceeding forward in a measured way and those tariffs will be imposed. What we want from China is very clear. We want fair and reciprocal trade. We want them to stop stealing our stuff. But Navarro also stressed that U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin are still negotiating with the Chinese. He said, we're listening to the Chinese. We're working with them. Now, as of Friday, China's Ministry of Commerce said in a tweet that wasn't true. No bilateral talks held recently over trade friction between China and U.S. Now, Trump offered some optimism in a tweet yesterday. He said, President Xi and I will always be friends no matter what happens with our dispute on trade. China will take down its trade barriers because it's the right thing to do. Taxes will become reciprocal, and a deal will be made on intellectual property. Great future for both countries. Although it's not a trade war yet, Trump's tariffs are real and dangerous in a threat to the ag sector, according to North Dakota Senator Heidi Heitkamp. China must be held accountable for its record of trade abuses and intellectual property theft, but the administration's drastic trade policies would instead come back and hit American farmers and ranchers where it hurts. Tariffs on critical exports like soybeans would cripple North Dakota's ability to sell our products, and we most likely face an impending farm crisis. White House convenes RFS meeting. As AgriPulse reported last week, Administration officials are expected to meet at the White House today to discuss the future of the renewable fuel standard. Sources tell us that President Donald Trump, EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt, and Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue are expected to be in attendance. The meeting comes as public pressure on Pruitt continues to mount, including from the ag and biofuel sectors. Last week, Iowa ethanol plant operators sent a letter to Senators Chuck Grassley and Joni Ernst asking the biofuel Star Wars to, quote, protect the RFS from an insidious attack. We urge you to call on President Trump to rein in his rogue EPA administrator regarding the abusive granting of small refinery exemptions that typify Washington's history of surreptitiously picking winners and losers. The letter reads... On Friday, the National Corn Growers Association tweeted at Pruitt asking the administrator when he will stop being in big oil's back pocket. Biofuel groups remain concerned that the meeting could lead to a push for a win-win solution from the administration that might involve some kind of favor being done for the oil industry. Instead, they contend that the administration should stick with offering regulatory relief that would allow E-15 to be sold year-round. They argue that would increase the number of available renewable identification numbers on the market, thus lowering the price of credits used to measure RFS compliance. In a statement, Grassley said Trump was the opportunity to achieve a win-win victory for refiners and biofuels workers by directing EPA to allow year-round E-15. USDA takes opioid fight to Utah. Ann Hazlett, USDA's point person in the fight to reverse the opioid epidemic, heads to Utah this week where she'll be highlighting the new priority the department is placing on two grant programs to address misuse of the painkillers in rural America. The opioid epidemic is dramatically impacting prosperity in many small towns and rural places across the country, Hazlett told AgriPulse. With this focused investment, we are targeting our resources to be a strong partner to rural communities and building an effective local response to this significant challenge. USDA is reserving $5 million in the Community Facilities Grant Program for awards up to $150,000 for innovative projects such as mobile treatment facilities, Hazlett said. It is also giving priority to applications for the Distance Learning and Telemedicine Grant Program, funding projects with the primary purpose of providing opioid prevention, treatment, or recovery services. Applications for the grants are due by June 4th. Hazlett, who serves as Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue's assistant for rural development, has been crisscrossing the country to promote programs to fight the opioid epidemic. In a brief interview last week, she said she's seeing hopeful signs in some communities where leaders from a variety of fields, medicine, business, churches, and academia have formed coalitions that are going beyond the immediate challenge of fighting the drug scourge. USDA announces $2.36 billion in hurricane and wildfire aid. It was a deadly year in 2017. Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, and Maria, not to mention wildfires, did billions of dollars in damages to farmers and ranchers. And USDA announced Friday it's planning to make up to $2.36 billion in payments to producers to try to soften the blow of the natural disasters. USDA Chief Sonny Purdue said USDA is working as quickly as possible to develop procedures at a system by which affected producers can access disaster assistance. For producers new to FSA programs, we encourage you to visit your local USDA service center now to establish farm records. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, April 9th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit Acropulse.com. For Acropulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.